You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are moving into hour number two of the show and day number two of Holy Week. So this is exciting. Um, I I think we're into number three of the show, though, if you're looking at guests. Well, I said our number two. Oh, okay. Stay with me, (laughs) Jane. It's sometimes hard. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, we we are very excited now uh, to be joined uh, by our own beloved bishop, uh, Bishop John Folda. Good morning to you, Bishop. Good morning. My boss. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and our wonderful shepherd. Yes, it's absolutely. always so wonderful to have you here. Glad to be here. Yeah, Bishop, this is, uh, we were mentioning earlier in the show, um, just how unique Holy Week is for us as Catholics. Um, there's obviously, the, in the entirety of the liturgical year, we're entering into the life of Christ, right? And we're reminded that our lives have a larger context. Uh, but there's something incredibly rich about Holy Week. And I'm curious for you as a bishop, um, has that shifted at all from being a, a, a pastor to a bishop, um, the experience of Holy Week? I would say so, because, you know, even as a pastor, I had the opportunity to uh, celebrate all the liturgies of Holy Week with my uh, parish family. And yet, as a bishop, there's a, I don't know, there's a different aspect to it, because mm-hmm. um, you're, you're really leading the entire diocesan family in prayer during Holy Week. And that becomes especially obvious at the Chrism Mass. Mm-hmm. I, I know many of our listeners probably have attended the Chrism Mass, but there are people literally from all over the diocese who come for that event. Uh, this year might be a little different but than usual, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, um, you, you really gather all the priests together from the whole diocese. You gather people from many, many different parishes, and you really do see the the scope of the diocesan church, and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're there together to, to pray and to worship and to celebrate the priesthood of um, the faithful, but also the priesthood of our ordained clergy. And so that's a, a unique event in mm-hmm. Holy Week that kind of sets it apart for me as a bishop, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at the Chrism Mass, for those who haven't intended to... Uh, to a Chrism Mass in our listening area. Can you just elaborate a little more on what happens? I mean, I believe the Diocese of Fargo is tomorrow, right? It is, correct. Yeah. And, correct. and it's at 10? Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. It's 10 or 11. 11. I think it's 11. 11. I think it's 11, Okay, yeah. at yeah. the cathedral. But, right. Right. but yeah, could you just tell our listeners, and, and for those that still have an opportunity to go in their diocese, you know, what happens there? Well, it's a remarkable event because... It, by the tradition of the church, the Chrism Mass takes place on Holy Thursday in the morning, mm-hmm. which is the day of the beginning of the Easter Triduum and or the Paschal Triduum. And the Mass of the Lord's Supper takes place in the evening. But traditionally, in the morning of Holy Thursday, all the priests of the diocese gather with the bishop for the blessing of the holy oils that are to be used in the sacramental life of all the parishes throughout the diocese. Um, the church allows the date of the Chrism Mass to be changed for pastoral reasons. One of the most obvious ones for us is just distance. Mm-hmm. It would be very almost impossible for a lot of our priests to attend if we held it on Thursday because they've got their own parish uh, responsibilities later that day. So we've, for a number of years now, we've celebrated it on Tuesday. But it is that event when almost all, I would say typically all the priests of the diocese come together around the bishop around the altar, they 
renew in a certain sense their their vows, you might say, uh, to priestly life, to priestly ministry. And within the context of the Mass, the bishop blesses the three oils that are so central to the sacramental life of the Church. The oil of catechumens, which is given to those people who are uh, preparing to be baptized at Easter. The oil of the sick, which I, I'm sure many of us are familiar with because it's used in the sacrament of anointing of the sick. And the oil of chrism, which is used in the three initiation sacraments uh, of no, I'm sorry, two of the initiation sacraments, mm. baptism and confirmation. And then it's also used uh, for ordination as well. So uh, the chrism is actually consecrated because it really does impart that, that character, that sacramental character to those who are baptized and confirmed and ordained. But it's really at that chrism mass when those oils are blessed and sent out with all the priests and really then... Uh, shared with all the faithful who come and participate in the sacramental life of the church. So it's a beautiful event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned, Bishop, that this is customarily, um, I mean, according to the rubrics, right? It's it's, it's uh, to be celebrated on Holy Thursday, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know of any place that actually does that. Very few, very mm -hmm. few. Yeah. yeah. But but that is because there's there's really the two sacraments that we see Jesus implementing or instituting at the, at the Last Supper, right? Right, correct. The Holy Eucharist and the Holy Priesthood. Both were instituted by our Lord at the Last Supper. And for that reason, yes, it's, it's especially pertinent that the priests then come together. It's, it's like a, a celebration of their priestly mm -hmm. lives. And, and uh, as I said, they recommit themselves. There's a kind of a, a questioning that happens during the course of the Mass when the bishop asks them to renew their commitment. And also, this is also beautiful, it invites the faithful mm -hmm. to commit themselves to their Christian lives, but also to pray for their priests, right. which, which is really very, very important. Yes, it is. It is. And in, it's always important, but I think exceptionally important this year that we can have the Chrism Mass in public again, and that there's a renewed praying for our priests, because this has been a hard year for priests, mm -hmm. being away from their faithful and how you've been able to, and, and it's not so much in the Diocese of Fargo, we've been able to really stay open, but there's a lot of our listening area that haven't had that blessing. Right. That's very true. We've been fairly fortunate. I mean, there have been certain limitations that we've had to observe during the course of this whole uh, pandemic. And, and it's true, Janine. I, I, a lot of our priests I know did struggle with the fact that they weren't able to be with their people, mm -hmm. especially in times of um, need, you yeah. know, in mm -hmm. times of old age and illness. And and yet, um, we're we're very fortunate. We've right. we've probably had a little bit more freedom than some of the places that I know of. And so, yeah, it's it's a very um, special occasion for us. Yeah, and I think this Holy Week for our listeners, um, you know, it is the holiest of weeks in our mm -hmm. Catholic faith. And and after last year, having it really kind of taken away from us right. the, to participate in, I would only hope that our listeners are just like all in, oh, yeah. you know, all in yeah. this week. Right. And beginning, you know, check out when your Chrism Mass is. Like I say, our Diocese of Fargo is tomorrow. Traditionally, I thought, Crookston was on Monday evening. I'm not positive I'm where not they're sure at with that. that. But but look at your, your local parish uh, bulletin or website and find out if you can participate in it. Yeah. You know, be in attendance, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, uh, 
as a layperson, the Chrism Mass is just powerful in many ways. I mean, for one thing, having all of the presbyterate gathered there the, with, during the Eucharistic prayers, just having this booming of, of the, the voices of all the priests of our diocese, is, it is really uniquely powerful. It's a Mass unlike any other that I attend during the course of the year. Really, the only one that kind of comes close to that is ordination. Sure. When, again, most of the priests, or at least a large number of the yeah. priests, attend. So, yeah, for for the large majority of the faithful, they don't see that great body of priests mm-hmm. together that often in such numbers, and it really is a, a beautiful thing. And I think the, the um, kind of renewal of priestly vows and obedience to the bishop is also powerful in that it— there's just a, a tangibility to how it reminds us of how connected we are to Christ and the apostles through through the the episcopacy through the bishop. You know that the bishop, every bishop stands as a successor to the apostles. That they are the ones that have been tasked by Jesus Christ to preaching the gospel, to uh, to spreading the sacraments, um, and that there's that each priest stands as an extension of the bishop, right? Really, in Catholic theology, the priest is considered to be alter Christus, another mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. He, he represent, represents Christ, but mm-hmm. it's true. Um, he does have a, a very, very um, specific link to his own bishop, without which he's not able to minister right. in the church. And so that link to the bishop is really central. I, you know, I remember that in my own priestly life when mm-hmm. I would uh, attend the Chrism Mass as well. Uh, in my home diocese. And there's just a, a beautiful grace that yeah. comes with that event. I can only put it that way. I think it is a grace to to be with the other priests and with the bishop and really to have that sense of um, unity, not only yeah. with with each other, but with Jesus himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of the thing that really hits me hard is the, the unification of, you know, we can, we can be very... Um, you know, like the, the majority of our experience is our own parish life, right? Mm-hmm, right. Um, but but in the Chrism Mass, there's just something um, on display that that shows this unification of us as a as a local church. Like right. we speak of the diocese, right? Right. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is it's it's powerful. And so if anyone's able to to attend, I certainly encourage you to uh, to participate in the Chrism Mass. And as you said, that's that's where all the oils that are consecrated or that um, that flow out of there. It's a it's a powerful event. Yeah, and and it's only the beginning, you know, of this Holy Week as well. Because when it comes to the Tritium, you know, that is such a special, you know, sequence of events in in Jesus's Paschal mystery that really is just forefront to us. Right. And so we only have about a minute to break. But can you just define the Tritium, what that means, sure. and then after the break, we'll just get into the. All the details. Sure, sure. The the final three days of the week, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, are are called the the Sacred Triduum, the the which literally means three days, mm-hmm. and it's a Latin word, and uh, it it really is sort of that climax of the celebration of Lent, but also it's those events that lead into the celebration of our Lord's resurrection at Easter. So. Um, it, it's the whole Paschal mystery of our Lord's death and resurrection kind of gathered together into that sequence of, of celebrations. Love it. All right, well, we're going to step away for just a couple of minutes, and on the other side of this break, we're going to go deeper into the Triduum and into Holy Week and how we as Catholics can prepare to encounter Jesus more deeply uh, in this, this Paschal mystery that we're, about to, that we're entering into. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live right after this. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radio Land listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us as we're in the car traveling that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift He has given us through His Holy Family, which is the Church. Or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. All right, and welcome back to Real Presence Live. Brad Gray and Janine Bitson here. We're joined by Bishop John Folda of the Diocese of Fargo. We've been talking about uh, Holy Week, Chrism Mass. We're getting into the Triduum. One thing I want to say before we move into the Triduum is just with the Chrism Mass, obviously there's still COVID issues that are floating around, and so it may be limiting in your area. Um, but, you know, if you're not able to attend the Chrism Mass this year, I, I encourage you at some point in the future to make a point of, of attending a Chrism Mass because they really are, they're a beautiful event. Um, so, you know, we, we, live, we live in hope, right? We live in hope of a, of a time when, um, when we can freely, you know, live out the relationships that we're made for. Uh, without the the limitations that we currently experience in our times right now. Yeah, and and my apologies to to be such a cheerleader on this, but um, you know, I um, we we did get a message during the break that um, you know the the cathedral is closed, you know, for the Christmas mass. But however, is it being televised, Bishop? It is. It is. So there you yeah. go. Let's just still be part of it in that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, it's not really that the cathedral's closed. It's just that. Uh, uh, we're, we're maybe not going to be able to have the place as we have yeah. packed, yeah. the packed church that yep. we usually have yeah. this year, and and yeah, it'll be live streamed and people will be able to view it. But 
Um, yeah, that's that's a point I should have made myself. Oh, heavens no. And I was just so excited about it because <laughs> we're starting to have ropes come off pews yep. and, yep. and yep. I... I wasn't privy to the information. So, so fargodiocese.org, you can go check that out for the live stream of the Chrism Mass. Yeah, yeah, and quite possibly in the Diocese of Rochester, you know, check it out and find out what's going on there, Diocese of Crookston. But just check before you go, and, uh, and yep. if they're live streamed, amen to that. Yep. Right, right. So, Bishop, we were talking before the break about the Triduum, and this is, is such a curious thing in uh, in the life of the Church, because it, it is, at the same time, the... The shortest liturgical season, because Lent ends with, at the beginning of the Triduum, right? It's not formally Lent. And even even one such as myself, who is looking for every loophole to eat my sweets during Lent, uh, <laughs> even I can't indulge uh, when the, the Triduum just gets started. But uh, that being said, it's the shortest liturgical season, and yet at the same time, it's the longest liturgy of the church, right? <laughs> well, you could say that. That's, that's it, possibly true. It begins with Holy Thursday Mass and really doesn't conclude until the Easter Vigil, right? Right, right. There are distinct liturgies within the Triduum, but it is really one uh, extended liturgical celebration yeah. of the of the uh, Paschal Mystery of, of our Lord's saving acts, the, mm-hmm. the, the Passion, the Death, the Resurrection of Jesus. Um, it, it's true, Brad, that Lent technically does conclude with the start of the Triduum, which begins with the Mass of the Lord's Supper. Usually that's going to be uh, the evening of Holy Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the Triduum progresses through Good Friday and Holy Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine, uh, again, for you as a bishop, that it's going to be especially nice after having had last year where you couldn't have the faithful. Right. Right. There, to, to just be able to come together as the body of Christ in a much fuller expression. To, yeah, absolutely. And even already yesterday at Palm Sunday, you know, there yeah. was such a there was such a good crowd of people um, at the cathedral for Palm Sunday. And um, last year, I know we all were just kind of crestfallen and disappointed yeah. at the mm-hmm. the way we had to celebrate uh, the Holy Week liturgies and and even Easter itself. But this year, um, for us at least in the Diocese of Fargo, we'll be able to have. Uh, the faithful together once again. And and that's a great experience for me yeah. as bishop, certainly, and I think for every priest, it really is. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. event. It is. Well, now, on, on Holy Thursday, um, the evening, um, can you just tell our listeners, like, what happens in that Holy Thursday Mass? Sure. It, it really centers around our Lord's celebration of the Eucharist. I mean, every Mass does, of course, mm-hmm. but in a special way, on Holy Thursday, we commemorate that... Um, Evening supper, what we call the Last Supper, when Jesus gathered the apostles together, and he he kind of shared with them that last meal. It was a Passover. Before he went to the cross, he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to be handed over, and that he would be giving his life. And this was kind of like a a, a memorial supper in which he really made accessible for all people of all times this sacrifice that he was going to make upon the cross. Mm-hmm. He gave the Eucharist to the church um, through his apostles. And in that same experience, he gave the priesthood to the church as well so that the Eucharist could always be celebrated, so that his saving grace through the death and resurrection could always uh, be made available to uh, the people of God. And so... Really, it's it's all about the Eucharist. Now, there's also an optional rite that takes place at Holy Thursday, which is the washing of the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this happens before the Eucharistic prayer, and it recalls that moment in the Last Supper from John's Gospel when 
Jesus washes, washes the feet of his apostles. And he says, as I have done for you, so you also must do. In other words, he's sending them forth as servants. Mm-hmm. He himself identified as a servant. And he's sending them to wash the feet, to serve, to be um, he, slaves almost yeah. to the people that, um, that he sent them to. And in that same way, again, it's an optional part of the ritual, but I think it's pretty widely done. We didn't do it at all last year. I mm-hmm. think some places will do it this year, but... Uh, we wash the feet of a group of the faithful just as a reminder that the priest is, in the image of Christ, a servant to all. And it's more than just about the priest. It really yeah. is about Jesus himself. That was one of the things that I thought was interesting, at least for me, or, or illuminative for me with Pope Francis when he first was elected pope. You know, um, I think many of us had the notion that this was a specifically priestly mandate. And it is in many ways, that, mm-hmm. that Jesus is telling his apostles that this is what priestly leadership looks like. This is what um, my you as my representatives, um, that's how you're to serve, is uh, to, to minister to the people is through service, right? But it's also a command broader than just to the, the ministerial arm of the church, the ministerial priesthood of the church. It's, it's also a command to all of us as faithful mm-hmm. that we are to serve one another. And so Pope Francis kind of highlighted that when all of a sudden he's washing the feet of, of these women in jail, I think it was in mm-hmm. the first... First year, and so it kind of it, it, it in many ways expanded the reflection uh, uh, upon the washing of the feet at the at Holy Thursday. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Jesus calls all of us to be servants to one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the greatest among you will be the servant to others yeah. and to all. So, I I think it's true. The the washing of the feet is a beautiful aspect of the Holy Thursday Mass. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the procession with the Eucharist at the end of the Mass, um, which really takes us into that very, very um, somber time, yeah. you might right. say, leading into Good Friday. Going into the garden mm-hmm. with right. Jesus and the apostles. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, it's, there's just so much richness. There is. In, in Holy Week and the Triduum, it's like you are living, we're, we're living all of this alongside Jesus, even the, you know, the, the entrance of the cross on Good Friday mm-hmm. with the, the three stations stopping along the way. And then we'll see that replicated with the Easter Vigil, with the Easter candle coming in at right. three points. And uh, it's just, you know, we, we probably don't have time to go into the whole of the Triduum at this point here. But, uh, but it is something that you really, if, if you haven't, as a listener, if you haven't been able to participate in all the liturgies of the Triduum, boy, I urge you to do so. Because mm-hmm. they, they really are interconnected. They're wound together in such a way that they are mutually illuminative of, of one another. Right. Right. They are. They all illuminate different aspects mm-hmm. of our Christian faith. And in a certain sense, they all lead up to the celebration of resurrection at Easter. And they also lead us towards the the celebration of the sacraments of initiation at the Easter Vigil, mm-hmm. which is unique to the uh, to the Easter or the, the sacred triduum. When those who are preparing to be entered, be received yeah. into the church um, are are finally received after a period of preparation and prayer. Yeah. And uh, that, too, is just a, a beautiful occasion for, you know, these brothers and sisters of ours who are going to be baptized, confirmed, receive the Eucharist for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't tell you what an expression of joy it is for those uh, wonderful people. And uh, it, it's also a, a real lift for the faithful oh, who see it happen. You yeah. know, I've, I've seen that many times people will, just marvel at how how beautiful that is to be able to witness these uh, men and women and sometimes children as well who are mm-hmm. received into the church and 
that's not something we see every day in that public way. And it is. It's so special. In fact, I have to have at least three to four Kleenexes ready because <laughs> it, it is. It's so beautiful. Right. It's just so beautiful. And my dad being a convert himself, I mean, I think it, it, it does uh, touch me very deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just praise God yeah. more to the flock. It's just so awesome. Yeah. You know, we, we only have a couple minutes, Bishop, but can you... Um, just tell some or tell our listeners some of the ways that they could go deeper in their holy week you know identifying maybe their own paschal mystery with that of our lords sure sure yeah i think certainly personal prayer is going to be the most important thing and really taking some time each day just to pray in gratitude for the gift of salvation that we've received through christ i always recommend to people um, during this Holy Week especially, open up your, your Bible, mm-hmm. any one of the four Gospels, go to that section towards the end of each Gospel that really deals with and and opens up the, the time of our Lord's suffering, death, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, read and meditate, pray a part of those, those Scripture readings each day during Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Alternately, you can simply take the the readings that are found in the the scriptures of the Mass for Mm -hmm. each day. Uh, But I do think that meditating on those um, episodes, you might call them, in the Gospels that really deal with what we're doing during Holy Week is, Mm -hmm. is, I think, the best way of entering more deeply. It really puts you there, you might say. It it really unites you with the events as they unfolded. Certainly, I think, you know, trying to be part of the, the liturgies that take place in your parishes, Stations of the Cross on, on Good Friday or whatever day those are celebrated, going to confession. Mm-hmm. I know confessions will be offered this week, yes. probably in all of our parishes mm-hmm. at some time or another. And But, you know, if, if it's just a matter of your own personal devotion, then I would say open up your Bible and, and really uh, meditate on those episodes and the, the passion narratives of mm-hmm. our Lord. and which lead up to Easter, and then keep doing it after Easter. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. That, that is the best advice ever, because it's just because Jesus has risen doesn't mean it's all right. done. It's not all done. <laughs> no. Easter isn't the finish line, it's the glory line, right. it's the, yeah. the celebration. That's when he is truly risen, and we need to keep that risen Lord in our life. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's right. Well, Bishop, thank you for being on with us this morning. It's just, mm-hmm. it is a treat to have have you in here at the studio with us, but also just to have you as our bishop leading us closer to Jesus. It is something that I know personally I'm incredibly grateful for. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very blessed. Yeah, yeah, well, we are too. And thank you for your shepherding mm-hmm. to our flock and, and just uh, to all our, our shepherds out there in our listening yeah. area. Um, you know, thank you for what you do for for your flock. And may you have a, a beautiful, beautiful Christmas Mass with your mm-hmm. Your priests. Yes. Bishop, yeah. could we get your Episcopal blessing? Sure, here? sure. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Bishop. You're Jean. welcome. You're welcome. All right. We are going to have to take another quick break. Uh, but on the other side of this break, we're going to be talking with Dr. Greg Popchek about how we can co- join uh, more deeply as families and as couples and as individuals in prayer during this Holy Week. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 